I'm just going to read one verse, and our topic this morning is little foxes, dead flies, and small fish. Little foxes, dead flies, and small fish. Our verse for this morning at this point is in Song of Solomon, chapter 2, and in verse 15. Song of Solomon, chapter 2, verse 15. Take us the foxes, the little foxes that spoil the vines, for our vines have tender grapes. I'll read it again. Take us the foxes, the little foxes that spoil the vines, for our vines have tender grapes. Here we see that in the Song of Solomon, if you were to go into the background of it, you'll find that Solomon, the king in Israel, he finds, as it were, or comes across a Shulamite girl who represents Israel in their sin. She's dirty, she's tattered, she's torn, her dress is dirty, her son, the sun has burnt her face uh, black and uh, it's ground in dirt. That's the picture of this young woman. And this king comes down in regal royalty and hands her down the hand of help instead of pushing her to the side. And they start a relationship. He brings her into his home. He washes her and cleanses her and he clothes her and she sits at his table. And so because of this, she realizes the blessing that he's bestowed upon her until it comes to the time when the relationship starts to grow. And they become lovers. They become one with each other, Solomon and the Shulamite. So the Song of Solomon is a love song between Solomon and the Shulamite, but it's also parabolic between God or Yahweh and Israel. Or in the New Covenant, it is Yahweh or Jesus and his redeemed bride. That's you this morning and me. And it's the relationship between us, that is between Christ and us, that we apply with in the Song of Solomon. How Christ has found us in our sin. How Christ has found us black and uncomely, as the Shulamite calls herself, burnt with the, the sun of the day. Worn because of the world and all it's done to us. Tattered garments because of the sin that we lived in. And the great regal and royal king comes down the road, as it were, and reaches down his hand. And in the Song of Solomon, he, he, he reaches to her and says, Arise, my love, my fair one, and come away. She can't come away on her own, but she had to be taken away. And there Christ comes when dying on the cross and finding us through the preaching of the gospel. He puts down his wonderful nail-scarred hand to you and the eye, and he says, Arise, my love, my fair one, and come away. And we accept Christ's invitation of salvation and redemption. As we sang, redeeming love has been my theme and shall be till I die. And here this wonderful union and friendship and companionship comes, fellowship. And we find in it that there's so much blessing. She's the one who says, I am my beloved, my beloved is mine. We are together. She's the one who says, He hath brought me into his banqueting house, and his banner over me is love. 
You know, he brings me in to feed me. And does Christ not do that? Does he not clothe us after he cleanses us in his precious blood? Clothes us with his righteousness that he alone has? And so at some point here we're looking at, their song goes between the Shulamite and Solomon, or between Christ and you and I. And here we find in chapter 2 and verse 15, they talk, take us the foxes, the little foxes that spoil the vine, for our vines have tender grapes. Now if you notice here what they're saying between themselves, and some say there are others in their company because of the staff that were around, maybe that'd be so. But this song is between Christ and his redeemed, between you and I this morning. Take us the foxes, the little foxes. What does it matter? What does it matter? What can little foxes do? Well, the scripture tells us the little foxes spoil the vine. If you were to turn with me, please, to John's Gospel, chapter 15. John's Gospel, chapter 15. Verse 1, the Lord Jesus says, I am the true vine, and my Father is the husbandman. Note Jesus is saying that the vine was one of the symbols of ancient Israel. And Jesus is saying, the vine that you couldn't be, I've become. I am the true Israelite. I am what the rulers with God, that is, in Jacob, Israel. I am what they should be, but they have fallen in their sin. I'm the true vine, the law keeper. I'm the one who does it all. Ye are the branches. In other words, you're the extension of the vine where the grapes would hang from. My father, our father, is the husbandman or the gardener. Notice this, every branch in me, in Christ, that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. And every branch that beareth fruit, he purgeth it, that it may bring forth more fruit. Now you are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. Abide in me, and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine. No more can ye, except ye abide in me. I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth in me, and I in him. The same bringeth forth much fruit, for without me ye can do nothing. If a man abide not in me, he is cast forth as a branch and is withered, and men gather them and cast them into the fire, and they are burned. If you abide in me, and my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will, and it shall be done unto you. Herein is my Father glorified that you bear much fruit, so that you may be my disciples. Jesus says, I'm the vine, you're the branch. What he is extends through you. You need to grasp this church. What he is extends through you. The Spirit of God who was in Christ came upon Christ. The Father is not only in Jesus, but now he's in you. He's in you. And while we're in fellowship with the one from Song of Solomon chapter 2 together, what he has flows through me and flows through you. But sometimes there's a problem. Many times there's a wrong because the church does not realize the authority of the word on what Christ has said unto them. 
Well, just hear the clock again. Listen, we're glad to see every one of you, and I want you to come back tonight. But we're not here to clock. We're here to meet with him. We're here to meet with him. We're here to worship him, to give unto him. And then when we do come together and we become a cluster, we take it outside that we may feed others on it. Here in Song of Solomon, it says, let us take us, take us the foxes, that, the little foxes that spoil the vine. Jesus says in John 15 that he's the vine, so there's little foxes that want to spoil Christ in you. Do you get that? There's little foxes. There's foxes and there's little foxes that want to spoil the Christ in you. The word here for Jesus, when Jesus says abide in me, it means remain in me. It means to continue to be present. I'll continue to be present in you, he says. Now you come and be conscious and abide in me. Get to the point, brother. Get to the place, sister. When you're walking down the street, and don't worry if the world thinks you're mad. If you're walking the dog or you've got your trainers on and you're trying to do so many thousand steps a day, I don't, with one of these watch things you have, I don't have one. Get to the place and the point like this, that it's not you out walking, it's the two of you out walking. It's both of you walking together. Your mind, your heart, your voice, your speech, your actions, it's you and Jesus. Abiding in him is not just ritually, and I'm not saying anything against it, but ritually getting up in the morning for an hour and sitting down and reading and praying. And please do it if you do that. It's living consciously of the Spirit of God. It's walking with Him every day. It's moving in the Holy Ghost and being unashamed and unafraid to speak of Christ to all men and women, to show forth the works of God. Little foxes want to spoil that. Little foxes want to ruin it. It also means to abide in me and I'll abide in you. Jesus means, says in it, it means to be in a certain place. Well, I was in this place and I've been to that place and over the weekend you were somewhere else and I was somewhere else. But he's saying always remain in the place with me. With me. And this is what it also means. It means to be in a state of expectancy. You see, I find a lot of the church nowadays, they have lost their expectancy. They lost their expectancy. They just come to church and they don't expect really to meet with Christ, but it's, they know they have to be there. They say, that's good. But they don't expect, they've lost their expectancy. They've lost their expectancy to do miracles, for the Lord to do miracles. They've lost their expectancy for God to speak in the meeting. Why would we not expect him to talk to our hearts? Why would we not expect the Spirit to move? Why not, since he is the living God? Why not? Live in a state of expectancy for God to speak to you, to point you in a direction during the day, during the night, in the evening times. Live in a state of expectancy for God to warn you when there's dangers ahead. You will keep me as the apple of your eye, Lord. Living in expectancy means that 
you and I are in so close communion fellowship with him that as he thinks, so do we. As he sees, so do we. So do we. I'd be honest then, the first man to admit it, put both hands up. I hate, I detest my carnality. I hate it. I detest it. Here, the enemy of Christ and his kingdom, and the enemy of your soul wants to hinder you from the work of God in your life. He wants to stop you serving Jesus, going on with Christ. He wants to stop you loving him. If he can do anything to cause you to fall out of love and to grow cold, he'll do it. Listen, if you're a true believer, he knows he can't take you. He knows he can't steal you. He knows you've been redeemed and you've been bought and you belong to Christ. He knows that, but one thing he knows he can't do is cause you to stop loving him back. Sends in the little foxes. He knows that he can hinder your walk. Hinder you as a branch bearing fruit. The fruit of your life and the fruit in your service. Devil sends little foxes to do this. He wants you to stop following hard after Christ. Imagine going to church twice on a Sunday. Would you ever? Imagine that. Imagine getting up early and going to open up for Sunday school as well. I'm telling you, Helen, there must be something wrong with you. You don't want to start all that out stuff. Imagine being here early in the morning on a Thursday for just to let kids run about. What? <laughs> Youth, sure, put your head away. You know what? Lighthouse, who wants to do that? Bible study, make sure you get enough of him on a Sunday. <laughs> you don't need to do it. Look, that doesn't make you a Christian by doing all those things, but because you are one, you want, you want to. <laughs> it works. We're not saved by works, but we work because we're saved, you see. We, I will serve thee because I love thee, says the old songwriter. You have given life to me. See, the life that you and I live now, we, we may be alive and look, well, we're half dead. Some of us women come in here on a Sunday morning, to be honest. I look at some of you and you have one eye around the back of your ear. <laughs> Another one up the top of your head somewhere. And you know, we're alive. We're living. But do you see the real Ken? See, when I got saved, he died. I'm just the vessel. I'm just a vehicle for God to use for his glory. So are you. Galatians 2 and 20. I am crucified with Christ. And nevertheless I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life that I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who, who loved me. <laughs> Imagine that. He loved me. He loved me. A rotten, filthy, 
no, I'm not going to say any words. You just know what it was like. Some of you. And he loved me. He loved me. And listen, you weren't really much better. And he loved you. Is it any wonder that we should be dead and he lives in and through us? The life that I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Or as the Greek rendering says, he gave up himself. He says, no man taketh my life from me. I have the part of the down, not the part to take it up again. What a Christ. What a Savior. And he says, see if you abide in me. And I abide in you. My spirit is in you. And when it, my spirit is in you, he says, you're going to live. You're going to live. You're going to do well. You're going to bear fruit. But don't let the little foxes spoil the vine. Don't let the little foxes spoil the vine. The devil wants to destroy you. Do you know that? He wants to destroy you. I have something, a wee bit of news for him this morning. See, all of us who are in the press, under the precious blood of Christ, you can't cross a bloodline. We're sheltered in the blood of Christ. Oh, devil, you can try and destroy, but it's my father who says thus far and no further. It's your father that says, don't you dare put your hand on her. You see, these... Little foxes will come to tell you, cause you to fear, cause you to worry, bring you anxiety, and so many other things. And the devil wants to stop you from God forming himself in you. God forming himself in me? God forming himself in me? Yes. Get it, church. Get it. Catch it. God forming himself in you. Let me, let me, I'm not trying to be offensive. I'm trying to help. Sunday mornings, Sunday evenings, this is the way a lot would come. Nice to meet you, very well dressed. Look, nice look, Ken's nice tie and all. I like it anyway. And the suit and all, you know. And, and you know, we're coming into church. How you doing? Nice to see you. God bless you. I haven't seen you. Everybody, everybody's laughing and they all sit down and the worship comes and we all start singing. And sure, wasn't that a lovely time? not what this is about. It's not what this is about. This is about us coming and pouring ourselves out to him. Lord, you've promised to be here. I come in expectancy. Because you said it, that settles it. I'm believing it. I'm going to receive it. Simple as that. That's, that's God. That's his word. He's forming I remember there was an old man who's an apostolic, an old man called Alec Hull. And we used to do a prayer meeting every Friday morning at about 6.30 in the morning. And then everybody went to work. I remember old Alec Hull, and he had these couple of fingers cut off in the shipyard in Belfast. And he used to pray. You thought he was shooting. He used to stand and pray, I guess. <laughs> he was a prayer warrior. Great old man. Never forget some of the prayers he prayed. And I've mentioned maybe this one before. I'm not sure. And he was going, Lord, 
you loved your son so much. You loved him so much that you want to make millions more of us like him. And he was right. He loved, he loves his son so much. He wants to make millions more just like Jesus. He wants to make you like that. Who am I? Listen, who am I? Who am I? I've failed him. Ten you left. No, get it. No. Join the club. Let's get on with it. Let's pursue after him. And do you know what he says? When you search for me with all your heart, he says, I'll be found of you. Notice with all your heart. <laughs> I will be found of you. Seek him, and you will find the Lord. Here, the devil wants to destroy everything that God is doing in you. The young fledgling spirit of joy. You know, whenever you eventually have come through maybe a tough time, you're starting to find the joy of your salvation again. You know that rejoicing in your spirit and the lightness of your soul and you're going, I'm so glad I'm coming through that tough time. Well, you know something, the old devil, he sends one of his little foxes in, tries to steal your joy. But Jesus says, if you abide in him, he says, he wants you and I to abide in him that our joy may be food. <laughs> food. He tries to take the passion out of the heart. You know the passion of the first love? I was praying this this morning. And the Lord speaks to me first as always. He doesn't speak to me, I'll not bring it to you. Do the first love when you were, how do we express it? So in love and enamored with Christ. You just wanted anything to do with him. You just wanted to be somewhere to sing his praises. You wanted to be in meetings morning, noon, and night. Why? Because you loved him. Because you had to. No, you loved him. And then it sort of drifts off a wee bit, goes cold. Jesus said in the last day, the love of many shall wax cold. The love of many shall wax cold. Praying this morning says, Lord, Will you take the fire that's in my heart? Please never let it go cold. The book of Revelation, chapter 2. Jesus writes to the church of Ephesus. The risen Christ writes to the church of Ephesus. And listen to what he says. He, he catalogues the works that they do. And he says, you know, that's good. Nevertheless, I have somewhat against thee. But look what we're doing, Jesus. No, there's something against you. You know what it is? You've left your first love. And there, one old preacher wrote, you stopped loving me as you did at the start or at the beginning. 
Ladies, you probably understand that with the man you married. Alison does. <laughs> Hearts and flowers and so in love. Nothing too difficult. Then after you get married, it's pretty good, isn't it? Isn't it? Relationship changes between you. And if you don't keep that love going, you grow apart. I've done a full circle where Alison says that it's just got me the way she wants me now, so she wouldn't want to get rid of me. Same with our love for our bridegroom. Keep the relationship going, brothers and sisters. Abide in him. And don't let the little foxes spoil the vine. Notice this, the unfledging spirit of joy, of passion, of hope, of blessing, and of consciousness of Christ. Reality of God in your life the little foxes will spoil it. The tender grapes that he wants to die on the, on the vine or on the branch. Notice, it doesn't say at this point that the foxes eat the grapes. They eventually do. There's the foxes, then there's the little foxes. And the idea could be here that these little foxes go into the vineyard and where the vine is growing up, where it meets the branch or the extension where we would be, the branch that comes out, he eats the vine. And when he eats the vine, he starts to kill the life supply of the vine to the branch. And the more he is allowed to eat at it, the weaker the branch becomes until it droops and falls down. And there is the fruit of that branch. And it's at the mercy of the fox. Such is many a life in Christ. Little foxes come and eat and eat and eat. Little foxes come and spoil, they take. It says here the little foxes must be chased off or caught and destroyed. A little fox may be that which is hindering a move of God in your life. Do you know that? A little fox could be something that you haven't put right. The devil just loves to let you know it. A little fox may seem small and insignificant. But listen, in the Catholic Church, they have what's known as venial sins. No, the little sins don't really matter too much. Every sin matters. No matter who we are. The little foxes spoil the vine. They, as it were, they drain the life of Christ out of you. Here, the little foxes may be hindering what God wants to do in your life. What God wants to do through you, the goodness, the life flow, the relationship between you 
may not be in full power because the power is cut off from the true vine. Little foxes have been allowed to run free, allowed to chew on the vine or the branch, and the tender grapes are now ready to be eaten up or else allowed to wither and die. There's no life force, so it just withers and dies. I mean, let me give you an example here. John the Baptist, a man filled with the Holy Spirit from his mother's womb. John the Baptist was showing great uh, fruit in his life of the Spirit, preaching in the wilderness. They were all coming to see him. He was baptizing many in the name of Jesus, and he was doing all of these wonderful things. Herod comes and wants to hear more of John, thinks John's maybe some sort of wonderful guy that he wants to uh, have perform with him. And, and what does he do? He preaches against Herod. You've got your brother's wife, and that's against what God wants. Herod doesn't like that bit of fruit. <laughs> but I'll tell you what he does. He takes John and he cuts off his head. You know what he did? He was chewing the vine, chewing the branch that the, the fruit would wither. Now listen to what Jesus says in Luke 13 and verse 32 of Herod. Go ye and tell that fox. Jesus said that. Go ye and tell that fox, behold, I cast out devils. I do cures today and tomorrow, and the third day I shall be perfected. Go tell that fox. He's been chewing on the vine. He's trying to destroy the work. Devils, the devil's little foxes can destroy a man, do you know that? Can destroy a woman. Can destroy a church assembly. Can destroy a ministry and a marriage, friendship and fellowship between two who have known each other for a long, long time. Listen, the little fox that comes in to chew the vine, to spread the gossip. Chew, 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 chew. To run down the brother, to run down the sister. The little fox that comes to tell what they know, what they hear, what they think. You know what it does? It robs you of your joy. He chews, as it were, at you. And you become disheartened and discouraged and disillusioned. It's a little fox. And maybe God was doing things in your life, changing your life, helping your life, blessing your life, and the fruit of the grape was tender. And the little fox has come and done this until the branches went down and down and down and down. And everything seems to be destroyed. Listen to what Charles Haddon Spurgeon thought of tender grapes. One, he says, tender grapes can be a secret mourning for sin. Starting to really feel, Lord, I need to do things. Put it right. I need to get right with you. Two, tender grapes can be a humble faith in Jesus Christ. Three, tender grapes can be a genuine change of life where he wants to take that from you. 
Four tender grapes can be a life of secret devotion. He wants to tear you away from that devotional life with Christ. Five uh, tender grapes can be an eager desire for more grace. And he tells you there's no more grace for you. There's no more help. Lord, if not for your grace, I can't go on. I want to tell you something, brothers and sisters. If it wasn't for his grace, none of us would go on. And six, tender grape can be a simple love to Jesus that he wants to rob you of. Take us the foxes, it says in Song of Solomon, chapter 2 and verse 15. Take us the foxes, the little foxes that spoil the vine. Notice what it says here. Take us, us, us. Church, take us. Unity. Take us strength. Take us togetherness. Helping, blessing, upholding, uplifting, praying for one another. Take us the little foxes. Together. For the more the little fox comes to gnaw at the branch, you want to tread on your own. There's too many. We need one another. Listen to Hudson Taylor, great missionary. The enemy may be small, but the mischief done great. And how numerous the little foxes are, the little compromises with the world, disobedience to the still small voice in little things, little indulgences of the flesh to the neglect of duty, little strokes of policy, doing evil in little things that good may come, and the beauty and the fruitfulness of the vine are sacrificed. I tell you this, and then I'll close. Little things matter. Little sin matters. Little whisperings matter. Little foxes. Stop God doing what he wants to do in your life. Now listen. James 3 and 5 says, The tongue is a little member and boasteth great things. Behold, how great a matter a little fire kindleth. Like the little fox, here's a little fire which will spread. In, on the 8th of October, 1871, there was a couple called Patrick and Catherine O'Leary. They lived in Chicago, Illinois. They were out in their barn one night, and there was a cow, and they had the old, lamp, the old lantern, and the cow had a twitch. The cow kicked back in a twitch and kicked over the lantern, and it caught a wisp of the hay that was there. And soon it went right across the barn and ignited the whole barn, and it caught into the house. It went right into the next barn and into the next house, right into the city. And you know, that fire spread, and there was 300 deaths. 3.3 square mile of destruction. 100,000 people were left homeless, all because of a twitching cow. 
That was the Great Fire of Chicago. D.L. Moody used to put his coat on every night. And he used to walk the streets to say, I'll talk to one soul before I go to sleep tonight and rest my head on the pillow. And this night he found none. He went on home. Usually he wouldn't rest. And that night the Chicago fire came and there's many died. And you know what he said? That will never happen to me again. I'll not put my head on a pillow day. Talk to a soul about Christ. Because so many went into eternity. Little foxes spoil the vine. A little fire. A twitch of a cow. So take us the foxes. Let us capture them. Here's the thing. What little fox? What little fox or foxes is God showing you now? Little fox may have come and even discouraged you. You've fallen out of relationship with Jesus. Little foxes have just completely turned you off. It's like, I, I, I can't do this. If this, is, if this is a Christian or if this is a, a, a so-called man or a woman of God or if this is the church or whatever, listen, we're people. And there's beams in everybody's eyes. You need to take our own out first before we try and remove another's. And remember, where there is no cattle, a crib is clean. And there's mucking out to do. But I'll tell you what, when it's mucked out, it's clean for another while. And then there's more mucking out to do. And I'll tell you something else. The more we see it, the more we'll believe it. The little foxes will come and eat away at us. What little fox has been in your ear? What little fox of sin do you need to put right and stop doing? Say to that. Or a damage of a relationship with Christ. Father, will you show us those little foxes that are damaging our relationship with you? For Lord, when the tender grapes come, your word tells us there's a blessing in the cluster. Lord, we know you want to do so much in our lives. You want to form Jesus in us. We pray, Father, in his mighty name that you would help us together and separately, severally to take the little foxes that spoil the vine before ministry is destroyed, before what you're doing in our lives is destroyed, before the hope that you've given us is destroyed, before the joy is removed, Father, before the blessing, Lord, is hindered, we pray in Jesus' name, O God, that you would help us to take the foxes that spoil the vine, the relationship between us and your Son, for we are the redeemed of the Lord. O God, we pray that you'd help us this morning. Show to us where you'd have us to go, what you'd have us to do, and lead us in the way everlasting, O God. Lord, we want to come closer to you. We want to live in the Spirit. We want to walk with you every day. Help us, we pray this morning, to glorify your name. For Jesus' sake we ask it. Amen.
Amen, everyone. God bless you.